0: Fun fact, I was the first Lululemon ambassador here in the state of Arizona back in like circa 2005, 2006.
1: How cool is this then that Lulu is back in your life again?
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing because guys, I'm so excited to tell you about this Lululemon 10K tour. It's coming to Scottsdale and we're going to be running it with you. Wait,
1: wait, wait. I thought we were just promoting the 10k i don't know that i'm
0: ready to run this thing bro relax bro relax you and everybody listening totally has this because new for 2023 is this 10k tour training program which you can use matthew and i can use it and anybody else which will be hosted on the lululemon studio app The date is November 12th and the course is unreal. Now, if you can't join us, you can participate virtually wherever you live. Plus, your participation will activate a donation to the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Visit Lululemon10ktour.com to sign up today. It's, It's a mouthful. Lululemon 10, then the letter K to sign up today.
1: Yeah, go sign up now either virtually or in person and you can run with us November 12th for the Lululemon 10K Tour in Scottsdale, guys. You'll get a Lululemon participant shirt, a finisher medal, an exclusive 10K training program and all of the amazing pre and post-race amenities including yoga, meditation, even a post-race treat. Go to Lululemon.
0: 10kTour.com. That's Lululemon. The number ten, one zero k. Tour.com to sign up right now with a group of friends.
1: This episode of the I Needed That podcast is sponsored by. for some friends, Chris. Everybody's on the NeuroGum and Mints kick.
0: They dig it. <laughs> I know. You think as, as long as they just try it, we know they're going to like it. Yeah. So they're they're throwing a good party.
1: So. Wait, I don't think you can explain enough this little caffeine hack that you have and the reason that I think it's such a neat thing for people to try it. Yeah, well, we were just
0: talking about it again this, this morning. morning. I know. And th- th- here's here's the best part about it is when you understand how your body is going to adapt to any kind of formula, any kind of caffeine and theanine, etc. cetera, um, you, you always get that amazing feeling at first for the first few weeks, and then it starts to taper off a little bit. And this is, it's funny because I, I kind of, I have a rotation of between like coffee and an energy drink powder. And then as soon as you said, hey, hey, try one of these neuro it was great because I got that pick me up like like when I had a cup of coffee for the very first time.
1: Well, throw down right now. We've got a link waiting for you inside the show notes to link to NeuroGum and Mints. Uh, also, let's have a, just a quick discussion about BetterHelp because we're getting some great feedback on there too. You and I both experienced therapy. We both have done talk therapy. We've both done other modalities. Um, give me give me one of your biggest takeaways from talk therapy, man. It's something that you, you use even to this day.
0: Well, you know, the one thing having literally just spoken with my therapist a week and a half ago, going through my own things. um, We have the answers inside, but we need that connection with someone else to help us find them. And that's, I've been doing therapy for seven plus years. And every single therapist, they, they just know how to ask the right questions to help us find the answers inside of us. But the thing is, I've, in 45 years of my life i've I haven't been able to find it myself it's always been in the interaction the connection with another human who also kind of can understand it cuz they're they're not in the, they're not in the forest right they're they're not stuck in it so they can step outside they can see where my mind might be going ask a couple questions and give me that aha moment and it's it has changed my
1: life Significantly, how about yourself? Well, it's the truth, man. I just think that's what it is. They ask you the questions so you can find the answers yourself. That's it. Because we all know we're never going to change anything about ourselves until we're ready to change. Bingo. And we're not going to ever be ready to change until we see it in yeah. ourselves. oh! So, right. yeah, If you want to save 10% on your first month at BetterHelp, we've got a link uh, set up for you guys in the show notes. You can just head on over to uh, the I Needed That podcast, open up any one of our show notes and the links there at the bottom. For both NeuroGum and Mints and BetterHelp, should we do a podcast? Well, absolutely. I needed that. There you go. I needed that. I'm, I'm down for that. I Let's think that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I Needed That,
2: co-hosted by Matthew Blades, is available on all Streaming platforms, everybody.
0: There is a direct link with the, the
1: neuroscience of this, and it's all about goal setting. I walked away from my radio show with a year left on my contract. Again, we were talking with Rachel from season five of my show. I had a dream about you the other day where you were singing. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. it was, but you
0: were singing. A dream. That
1: was That's a nightmare. <laughs> Welcome everyone to our I Need of That podcast. I am Matthew Blades. And I'm Chris Powell. This is going to be such a great episode today. Do you struggle with that N-O, that no, that word, mm. that just, it's so hard to use it because you feel so guilty every time you utter no. I struggle with it big time, especially the people pleaser me. Yes. All right. That is exactly (laughs) why we're going to bring in our guest today. She's going to help us think faster, decide quicker, feel better. And we're all going to be like, every time somebody talks to us moving forward, going we'll to be like, no, no, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> yes. Bring it on.
0: I am so excited about this. How are you this morning, my friend? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing?
1: Yeah. It's, uh, so we're recording this episode on what is in, here in the States is uh, Labor Day. It's September 4th. Yes. And uh, so it's kind of a chill day, right? The kids are off school. Everybody's doing their own thing. It was a breeze driving to your house today. It was like almost right. nobody on the road. So That's yeah, great. I'm good. And here
0: we are we're about to do, do some a deep dive into neuroscience and understanding some habits and of course saying no and talking about stress and how to improve our lives like it's a it's a it's a great day for this I
1: think so yeah so anyways we're gonna get to name that tune with our guest we'll get our deep dive a little bit later on but why don't we bring her into the mix right now you all right with that
0: yes all let's right. go look
1: Chris I typed out an introduction for you do you oh, want to use gosh. it
0: well yeah you know what I think I think it would probably be awesome to let everyone know how amazing our guest is. Go for it. And how knowledgeable she is. Go for it. Yeah, Nicole, she's got a uh, Bachelor of Science in Neuroscience and a Master's of Science in Organizational Psychology. And she will be releasing her very first book, Rewire, which is the neuroscience of a good life in May of next year, so May of 2024. So everyone put your hands together and please welcome Nicole Vignola.
2: Thank oh,
1: you so there much. It is, there it is. Yeah, is. We're all very excited that you're with us today. How are you, Nicole? Where are you, by the way?
2: I'm really good. I'm in Madeira, Portugal, which is just an island off. It's actually off Morocco, but it's closer to Morocco than it is to Portugal, but it's a Portuguese island. island. Why do I want wow. on a
1: vacation there and I've never even heard of it? I, I just, know. I just right? immediately...
2: <laughs> They so, call it Europe's Hawaii. So if you do come, you should absolutely come. It's volcanic mountain. Uh, so you can go from some, like sea to mountain within 20 minutes. It's, it's amazing.
0: So technically you're closer to Africa
1: than Europe right now.
2: Exactly.
1: Wow, that's <laughs> cool. You, you and your geography are blowing me away, man. Yeah. It's kind of sexy. Whoa. You know all that. I think of Morocco. I mean, that's, that's like
0: Northwestern Africa, right? So that's, that's really cool. Uh, I mean, right. just Portugal, that's cool. Not to mention the Hawaii of Europe. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's a, that's, neat, that's,
1: that's, a, that's a neat way to say it. That's a neat way to <laughs> yes. say it. So you're into neuroplasticity and you, you, I just want to understand so badly what you do. Uh, I have a little clip that I want to play from one of uh, the videos that she posted on her Instagram account because I think it's a great place for us to jump off. Yeah, absolutely. Is everybody comfortable with yeah. that? All right, so listen to this. This is something that I grabbed from Nicole's Instagram page uh, just a couple of days
2: ago. So if you tell yourself that you have an a bad day, your brain will go through the entire day to try and find reasons as to why that statement is correct. In the same way, the things that we repeat to ourselves, so things like I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart, I'm not attractive, your brain will then go through your entire life trying to find reasons as to why that statement is true. So be careful of the things that you are saying to yourself because they perpetuate in everything that we then do and believe about ourselves.
1: Wow wow and unpack that
0: please right yes yes please nicole we're going to hand it over to you
2: yeah well, there's there's a lot there there's okay i'll start with saying so we have a system in our brains that basically filters out uh, information that you see on a regular basis. So um there was a study that was done and they looked at parents that lived close to an airport and they were actually able to sleep through a, a plane taken off, but then would wake up at the sort of just the sound of their child moving in the room next door. So their brain had learned to detect that the sound of the airplanes is not important, but the sound of a child scuffling is important. So it was actually filtering that information out so that they wouldn't even pay attention to it, right? So this system, basically, like I'm watching you guys right now, but there's also images in my periphery. My, my eyes are still bringing that information in, but my brain is saying that you guys are important right now, not the periphery. In the same way that I'm important to you right now, not whatever's in your background. I, like, I don't know what's in your background, but you know what I mean. So <laughs> I'm just like, that, you, you're paying attention to my words, but you could also probably focus on like the background noise if there is any. So, you know, I can sometimes hear chickens. And if I wanted to, I could kind of like zone in on that and lose track of what you're saying that tends to happen with people quite a lot. So that's the reticular activating system. It kind of filters out information all of the time so that we don't get overwhelmed with everything that's going on around us. It's another reason why when you have a really messy house or a really messy room, it can actually be uh, increase your anxiety because your brain is still bringing that information in. It's having to work harder at filtering it out. Okay. okay so, so oh, go, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I was just going to say, when we then say to ourselves something's important like, our body image or we say I'm not worthy or whatever it is that we're saying to ourselves we will go through the whole day trying to prove ourselves right so have you ever kind of like gone to buy a like I'm actually talking about this in my book it's so weird this is the exact topic I'm discussing right now oh, so this is really weird that you brought it up I was like oh, you're my mind <laughs> but you know if you ever wanted to buy a royal blue BMW you never really see them around until you decide you're going to buy one and then all you see is a royal blue BMWs, right? Have you ever, right? Can you resonate yeah. with
1: that? 100%. We, yeah, we've all done that. Yep. Yeah.
2: So that's your brain saying that this is important. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I see them everywhere. So there was always the same amount of, you know, blue BMWs. You just weren't paying attention to them until then. Because until then, it wasn't important to your brain. So if you say to yourself things like, I'm not worthy, I'm this and that, your brain's going to find ways to prove that statement to be true. So our so confirmation have, bias.
0: Huge What's question you know? here, because so much of our audience is listening that is their struggle. They say, I'm not worthy. I knew I couldn't do it. I, I can never change I'm stuck like this for the rest of my life. What's the yeah. first step they can do to, to change that, that constantly running program in their head? What do they do?
2: Well- Firstly, I think a lot of people, when they learn that their brains can change at any age, so not just when we're younger. So a lot of people believe that once you get to the age of 40, 50, 60, they set in their ways, but actually plasticity is is ever sort of going until even into older age. They're actually looking at therapeutic uh, treatments using neuroplasticity in individuals that have dementia. Now, it's still sort of, uh, you know, quite new, but it's it's a potential therapeutic sort of treatment for this because if we can induce new new synapses, we can potentially undo the amount of neurodegeneration that is ongoing. Um, we can't wow. replace neurons, but we can create new synapses to ensure that there is still communication going on through the brain. So once you've lost a neuron, it's gone. Um, so understanding that is already like, Great because yeah. people kind of go, Oh my God, I can change. Yeah. Like that's step number one, right? Is it's the belief. Incredibly you can't even do anything about it. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I, I talk about it all the time, but I still get comments saying, Oh my God, the brain can change. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm still, you know, <laughs> people are still learning about this, which is great. So that's step number one. I think step number two is starting to pay attention to, again, like we're bringing it back to attention. What are you paying attention to? So a lot of the times we operate on, it's called automaticity. So we do things without really thinking about it, the way you make your coffee, the way you brush your hair, the order that you do things, it kind of just happens. And it's the same with behaviors and patterns, uh, especially behavioral ones, uh, habits as well. So, you know, you often see kind of like parents, Uh, or children mimicking parents uh, and vice versa. But, um, you know, I've seen it before. I look at my mom and I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. I can see why I do what I do. (laughs) (laughs) So paying attention to these things means that, but through self-correction, we can start becoming more aware of the things that we're doing and what it is that we want to change. Ensuring that we're not sort of perpetuating these beliefs as well. So, you know, starting a day with, I'm fat or I'm this or I'm that because the rest of the day, your brain's going to try and prove itself right. So you walk into a coffee shop and maybe your body language is kind of like turned in because you're self-conscious. The barista kind of doesn't want to make you feel awkward. So they kind of look away and then you perceive that as, oh, my God, they do think that I'm unattractive, you know, but it's probably had nothing to do with that. That your brain's going to interpret it as that.
1: Ollie, this is just the most incredible conversation. I Nicole wanna ask you if there is there is there a personal reason that you do this work? Is there a personal reason? Were you somebody who had a story in your head that
2: you needed to rewire? Yeah, I think I did. So I, I come from a pretty difficult background. Uh, my father had schizophrenia, my stepfather was an alcoholic. So but weirdly, I've always been the kind of person that just got on with things and did things. But with that, I spent my sort of the majority of my 20s in London, uh, you know, drinking a lot, partying a lot, and like really low self worth. And when I started studying neuroscience, I'm, I was also sort of going out with a cocaine addict. And for three years, I kind of I changed my perception when I realized that I was letting it happen rather than it happening to me. Right. Okay. And that's when I sort of, there was a lot of self-inquiry, like, why did I allow this to happen? Like how low was my self-worth to allow this to continue on for the you know majority of three years. And I actually, um, sort of, uh, flunked on my um, medical school exams be- because of the relationship. So I was kind of like, okay, I need to reassess this whole, whole thing because, um, you know, so I guess I, I spent a lot of time learning why I had these kind of like deep rooted beliefs and patterns that I was repeating. So yeah, there's definitely an element of the journey that was uh, inspired by, I guess, my own story, but um yeah, I, I just, I'm fascinated with the brain. I, since I was young, I've always been like, why do we do the things we do, you know, with my father? Um, I was kind of like, why does he behave like this? not kind of like, how can he behave like this? This is awful.
1: <laughs> yeah, So it's like, yeah. why does he do this? That's such a great and important <laughs> question that we've kind of stopped asking, right? It's like, because for me, when I see somebody, I'm around youth, youth athletes all the time. And when I see them act out, the first thing that I usually think of is like, I wonder what's going on in their life.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not like
1: this kid sucks. Why did he do that? It's like, okay, yeah. hold on, what's going on in his life that he's bringing that extra bit to, to this to this situation? Yeah, absolutely, right. And then you have to uh,
0: identify that he can change. He can change <laughs> because the brain is plastic, and that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. the today. <laughs> I
0: was. I just read your post today, and so, but th- that is so empowering. The fact that we can all change and it doesn't matter how old we are well i got a question for you though does it become less and less plastic as we get older or is the plasticity just as much i mean i'm sure as a child it's probably extremely plastic because they're literally just absorbing the world but as we get older is there like a decrease in plasticity
2: To some extent, yes. I mean, it's really, really hard to measure that in population-wide samples, right? Because how do we begin to look at that kind of data with 9 billion people in the world? But (laughs) it is believed that we can maintain our plasticity. So they actually took the, this is a bit of a depressing study, but we do this a lot. So they basically took the postmortem brains of older individuals, so um, individuals that had remained active throughout life, and they sliced into the brain. And what they saw was that the individuals that had been more active through physical activity, but also um, like cognitive activity, had more presynaptic proteins in the synapses that encode for more plasticity. So in theory, so uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, the brain was more integral. There were more synaptic Integral um, connections in the brain versus people that didn't uh, maintain activity. So it is proposed wow. that we can remain plastic throughout old age. It's wow. interesting. I
1: just watched this documentary last night on Netflix about blues on. Have you seen this? Yes. It's yes. it's it's fascinating to me. Right. And, oh Dan my, Butner. Yes. Yeah. And so some of the ingredients that are in the blue zones are things that you're talking about right now, right? Like these, these older folks, they live to a hundred, their cognitive function is great. They're still physically moving. Yeah. I have a question about, um, environmental factors as it would relate to, to, to people's situations. And, and I guess, let me be more specific about that. Drugs, alcohol. Um, well, those are the first two things that kind of came to mind what damage can those things do on somebody's brain that they're trying to rewire? And the reason that I'm asking this question just to set this up is because a lot of us, myself included, while I was going through my shit, I was self-medicating a lot and Mm -hmm. I was using that stuff to sort of get away, which I think made it very difficult for Mm -hmm. me to heal and actually do the work that was needed. Mm -hmm. So give me your, your expert opinion on what I just brought up.
2: Okay, so let's start with alcohol. Unfortunately, and I know I'm gonna get a lot of backlash for this, even one drink per day can cause neurodegeneration. So we know that any amount of alcohol is not great. Now, they looked at the Mediterranean diet, but there was a lot of confounding factors. This was a separate study done after the Mediterranean diet. because I don't know if you remember, I think it was like 2008 to 2009, it came out that individuals that drink red wine actually live a healthier life. But what they didn't take into consideration was that these people had no stress. They were eating a a Mediterranean diet, which is proposed to be the the best diet for cognitive health. Um, And, you know, they were more active. They were living in the sun, so vitamin D levels were higher. Mm. they kind of like m- not misinterpreted it, but they kind of forgot to look at not forgot but they didn't really take those things into consideration and they didn't look at alcohol in isolation so this particular study looks at alcohol in, in isolation now in terms of what i actually wanted to say you know on the previous topic that aligns very well with, with what you've just said actually is i think what happens with individuals not i think i know what happens with individuals is that as we get older if we don't remain active our dopamine levels go down and they do anyway so, you know, you, you're both active. I'm very active. So it's probably, I'm probably going to be active through my 60s and 70s. My mother annoys. She's amazing. She kicks my ass at tennis every week. Yeah. That's awesome. I will beat her at some stage. She's <laughs> 62 well, years old. I'm like, time's down. coming. Yeah. <laughs> One day you'll smash
1: her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll, then you'll feel bad because you just beat up on an old lady. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I don't really want to beat her because then I'm like, oh no. But, you know, she has that ingrained pattern that we were talking about earlier that's automatic like it's automatic for her to wake up and walk the dogs it's automatic for her to go to tennis but people who haven't been active and want to start so for example my mother's always like i don't have the motivation to do this and i'm like of course you don't because you haven't exercised in 30 years and every decade we lose about 10 percent of our dopaminergic neurons so mm. what that means is it is even harder to then get yourself motivated so it makes of it it makes Perfect sense that she, um, you know, doesn't have the motivation to start. And then alcohol is also sort of dopaminergic; it messes with our dopamine system. It can, you know, fluctuate really high. So as soon as you have a drink, it goes up really high. Bear with me for a sec. I'm a little quiet. Okay, yeah, come, come. Sorry,
0: you're fine. It's all good. No worries.
2: No worries. <laughs> have a nice day. Bye. We can edit that out, right? Or we at live. Oh, yeah. Well, we probably at won't I don't think just we because should. I love the realness <laughs> of it all. I was going to say, I don't um, think we should. I was on a call with like the most amazing brain in the whole of US. Um, I won't I name drop, but it was just so funny because he was having a go at his wife for being noisy in the kitchen. <laughs> after the show, so, you, after the show
0: you'll have to tell us who it is. Though. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, I <laughs> one I, of the most amazing minds. I got a couple <laughs> yeah. guesses.
0: So we'll throw it out there. So, but you're just saying exercise, activity for the win, and alcohol for the big L. That's a big loss for alcohol.
2: Yes. With that being said, you know, we're human. I don't want to be like, don't drink alcohol. (laughs) You know, know, I go to festivals and I'll have a drink every now and again and it's fine. But, you know, if you're drinking every weekend and if you're especially getting drunk every weekend, I would sort of encourage self-inquiry. Why are you doing these things? And then how does it make you feel throughout the week? And then if you're one of those people that generationally drinks, how do you feel now when you're 50, 60, trying to change your life around, but you can't because you've got no motivation, A, to get up and exercise, or B, to even change your behaviors because that also takes motivation, right? Absolutely.
0: So a question for you. Exercise is my world and I live in the realm of, you know, powerlifting and then of course, cross-training and um, then I'm a big advocate for cardio, of course. And so when it comes to neuroplasticity and maintaining that over the years for longevity, um, what are your suggestions to maximize that? Like what kind of movement activity is going to be best for our brain health?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I'll break it down into three: aerobic, resistance, and then neuromotor training, which I'm sure you're doing as well. So, yes. <laughs> aerobic training. And, and I don't know if I'm
1: doing. I'm going to need a definition. Sorry. Just smiling. Yes, I, oh, and, yes. I, and I will <laughs> give you one.
2: So, one of the reasons why I took up tennis is because for me, it's the decision making. I don't really care about winning. I love watching my brain going from okay. So I was sort of hitting the ball there, and now my coach is like, "No, you need to hit the ball here." And I'm like, "Okay." So now I'm having mm. to change the way that my brain perceives the ball coming towards me the way I swing and the way that you know I hit the ball back so it's all these like different decisions that I'm having to make in a game of tennis to ensure that I'm hitting the ball perfectly so that you know someone like Djokovic has been practicing for his entire life and we can talk about him in a minute because he is fascinating <laughs> yeah. but um so aerobic training so you know a mixture of zone two and in other zones as well but zone two is your sort of zone where you increase the most mitochondria so you get the most mitochondrial biogenesis in the zone so it's perfect because people when they think of exercise they think oh my god I have to like run myself into the ground and be really sweaty and tired all the time now you know, I know you guys like doing that. I definitely like doing that. But for someone who might be new to exercise, that might seem really daunting. So the, the the fun part is that zone two is your heart rate's a little bit up. You're in an aerobic training zone. You can probably go on that zone forever. Some people can run in it. Most people can walk, walk in it. Uh, and then a mixture of zone five. So anything like Tabata training, three to eight minutes per week is the recommended sort of dosage. If you do more, that's fine. If you can handle it. And then resistance training. So actually, let me backtrack again. So aerobic training um, releases something called BDNF. So BDNF is brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Ooh. It essentially is a protein that I was talking wow. about wow. earlier. <laughs> that's, uh... But it helps synaptogenesis, and it helps maintain synaptic in- integrity. So it helps with the new connections of synapses and for synaptic consolidation. So for, for synapses to essentially work better, that's what BDNF does. Wow. So that's very remarkable.
1: Dude. It's yeah. so over my head right now. I'm just going to sit here and smile. I love well,
2: it. Here's the best thing
0: about zone two training is that you can carry on a conversation during zone two. Okay. Yeah. And like, like Nicole was saying, you could do it forever. So it's not yeah. uncomfortable. A lot of people think exercise and they're thinking like sweating on your like P90X and just like you're drenched. No, it's not like that. And you're like, oh, I can't even yeah. talk. No, it's a, it's a conversation like this and you're just moving and your heart rate yeah. is up. And I guess now you're just releasing all kinds of BDNF now, yeah. right? And, and yeah, your brain yeah. is just thriving yeah. and sucking all the stuff up. So all you can right. put it, I guess it's putting you in a position for
2: you to change and learn and grow. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that can help maintain plasticity throughout life. Now I was crazy smart I've got two working dog breeds, so they keep me really, really active. So I have no choice. I have to get up and walk. Um, yeah. Then you've got resistance training. Now, this is where I'm going to blow your mind. Let's so go. when you contract and relax your muscles, you release something called myokines. So they're essentially muscle-based proteins. I don't know if you've heard of them before. Mm-hmm. But these myokines can cross the blood-brain barrier. So the, the blood-brain barrier essentially dictates what can and can't come into the brain. Um, and I, we can go down as many layers as you want. You just tell me when to stop. I start. love, this. <laughs> I you love are, this. is Chris's yeah,
1: jam right
0: you now. You don't even understand you have my how excited und- this guy is. Undivided attention right now.
2: Okay. So these myokines are things like BDNF, irisin, um, IGF-1. So now, this is the interesting part, IL-6. The interesting part is that IL-6, interleukin-6, is an inflammatory cytokine that is actually detrimental to our systems. But... When It's not detrimental to our systems. Let me rephrase. IL-6 is released when we have inflammation in our bodies. The problem is that when we're chronically releasing IL-6, it's not good. But when it's released from the myokine or from the muscle as a myokine, it tends to have positive benefits, anti-inflammatory properties on the system. That's what's wild. So depending on whether it's released by the liver or whether it's released by the muscle, it has different mechanisms, even though it's the same molecule so that's okay then we've got things like IGF-1 so uh, insulin growth like factor 1 which you all know is kind of like the precursor to growth hormone so um, IGF-1 again in an abundance can be detrimental to our systems but when it's released from the muscle again can actually increase plasticity and longevity so it's been proposed that the higher levels of IGF-1 released from the muscle as a myokine the the more longevity you hold or have or will have could, okay.
1: so, can I ask you a huge favor? Can yeah. you dumb that down for me? Like considerably? Why? Why? I think the question is, why is what you've just said important?
2: Because exercise, you start to realize that it's not just aesthetics. It's not just mindfulness. It goes down to a molecular shift in the way that our body operates. So now it's working from the smallest molecule to then have a, a sort of knock-on effect on everything. So we're starting to really understand why exercise is so vitally important for us beyond the, 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 the reasons that we've already been given, right? Because everyone's like, oh, I should exercise. Oh, I should, that, should this. Oh, I should that. When you look at it you know, on a nanometer scale, like how much better can you get than that? Like I'm telling you, your cells are operating better because of these like, hormones or these myokines, these molecules that are being released. Your brain is literally like going to be look. Like, <laughs> yeah so to
0: extend this down the road and and i've I'm super excited about this stuff and you could probably speak to it more but to take everything that she just talked about with the myokines the igF1 and BDNF and everything, when you are going through resistance training, is it true that there's a positive correlation I don't know if there's causation but a co- correlation between the, the amount of muscle mass that you have yes. and resistance training and um, brain functions, brain function and staving off Alzheimer's and dementia. Is exactly. this
2: true? Yes. So now let me relay this back to disease. One of the biggest underlying themes with major depression, Alzheimer's disease is low levels of BDNF. Parkinson's, we're looking at um, low IGF-1. So these myokines have, have been implicated in diseases, in neurodegenerative diseases. So that's why it's important for us to be you know pushing our muscles to the point where we're releasing these myokines so absolutely right now um, sarcopenia we know we can talk about that so that is the loss of muscle mass in the legs they've correlated again chris you're right that the more muscle mass predominantly in the legs the better brain function you have and in the we,
1: legs isn't that why yeah
2: yeah don't largest, skip leg
0: <laughs> largest muscle group in the body i know yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Isn't that something? The more muscle you have, you will yeah. reduce your chances of Alzheimer's and dementia. So build yes. muscle now, right? That's yeah. that's exactly. the message. Build the muscle exactly. now.
1: It's kind of to take her tennis analogy. It's It's about reframing why we do the things we do. It's like- uh-huh oftentimes we think, oh, I'm going to go play tennis and I'm going to try to, you know, beat everybody 40 love and, you know, win all the points and I'm going to try to get my first serves in. I'm going to try to spin my second. It's like, skip all that. I'm out here because of the decision-making I can just feel is working wonders in my brain. Exercise can be approached the same way. It's like, ah, well, it's not about the sweat, the P90X, like you just said. It's about, I don't want to have dementia when I'm 70 years old.
0: Yeah, when when I'm doing squats in the squat rack, I'm thinking 40 years down the road and being like, I want to be sharp as a tack. When when I'm 80. That's a this big is, difference. This is why I'm in the squat rack right now.
1: That intentionality is so important. Yeah. That's what exactly. I think I'm gathering from all of this.
2: I'm going to blow your mind just one more time. Yes,
1: Let's keep go. going. <laughs> yeah, we're on a roll right now.
2: <laughs> the UK's Alzheimer's organization states that 99 in 100 cases of Alzheimer's are not the APO4 gene type. So it's not the inherited type from the gene that you're carrying that's Alzheimer's. Now- With that being said, you can have other genetic components that can then contribute towards Alzheimer's, but 99 a 100 cases are not because of the APOE4 gene type that essentially encodes for Alzheimer's.
0: So So does that kind of load the gun for someone and it's their lifestyle that pulls the trigger?
2: So you can basically get Alzheimer's without carrying the gene for Alzheimer's. Oh. Is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, wow. that's what she's
1: that's yeah. what I thought I was hearing. And, and so I work with this cardiologist wow. all the time who articulates this thought which is 85% of the things that kill us are preventable, and it sort of sounds like this is one of those things. Like we're getting this Alzheimer's, we're getting dementia and it and and it's preventable because not all of us are getting it because of the the gene. The gene. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Most of us are getting it because of our lifestyle and our choices exactly wow that's what i'm saying that's yeah. what i thought i heard that's incredible <laughs>
2: 99 out of 100 yeah so you know there, there could be other genetic factors that sure, are contributing sure. towards neurodegeneration and you know wish you know I, I don't want anyone that's hearing this and maybe has a family member that has alzheimer's who hasn't got the gene and thinks that they did everything wrong sure, but sure. it gives us power to know that we have a say in how we age Right now, also, it is proposed, and again, um, you know, we can go back and forth on this. this. Is a there's a genetic um researcher at Harvard University, David Sinclair, and he states that 80% of our longevity is based on what we do, and only 20% on our genes. So, you could potentially carry the gene for Alzheimer's as well, but never necessarily trigger it, especially if it's not a dominant gene. That so, incredibly
0: empowering, uh, that means- you know. Our future is in our hands. We can control our destiny.
2: Exactly. So anyone that's listening, that's the underlying sort of take-home message is that, you know, we can do our best to stave off these diseases. If you get them, you know, it's not always our fault. And, you know, it's definitely never your fault, but it's, you know, we we have a say in it, which is what gives me sort of consolation.
1: All right. We're on with Nicole Vignola, neuroscientist, (laughs) corporate consultant, brain performance coach. I see you've got a slew of questions that you'd like to ask her. We also want to have this conversation around saying no without feeling guilty. So let's start to move through kind of some of the things. My mind
0: is blown. Like we just went right down the rabbit hole into exercise and brain health. And like, I was just, I couldn't be happier about this message also. Like this is this is so empowering, and this is a message that that so many of our listeners need to know because their their is in their hands I, I just I love that, and yeah. I, I want them to know it because it's like man there's hope um okay i got a I got a lot of questions about habits all right yeah. so and and we talk all the a, a lot about you know neuroplasticity, but like I guess defining neuroplasticity that's just like that's the brain's ability to change right yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, and create new connections and stronger connections. So you can essentially uh, solidify a particular habit right. or a particular behavior through repetition.
0: Okay, so going off of that, um, there's I, we have a lot of listeners out there who have repetitively been doing the same thing over and over and over again for a long period of time and it's costing them, right? Their, yeah. their quality of life. They yeah. want to make changes. It, what's the first step to making a change? Is it stopping a current habit or slowing it down? Or is it building a new habit? And, and how, you, how do we do that?
2: As you build a new habit and you start reinforcing that pathway, you will kind of automatically start undoing other habits. So I would probably focus on re, on doing new habits. Also because the brain kind of, we don't tend to learn that much on negative cues on negative information so mm. if you say to me for example nick you're 10 overweight that's going to be really bad for your health i'm going to be like oh yeah okay but in, within a day i'm probably going to forget i'm not going to care i will just revert back to what i usually do um let's use another example so I actually used a study that they looked at. So there's a woman, she's a neuroscientist, and I can't remember her name. And I was speaking about her another time, and I was like, I need to remember her name. So it's next Jill. time, third time, like I'll remember her
1: name. It's yeah. Jill. I'm pretty sure it's Jill. Yeah,
2: yeah. Jill. Um, but she looked at basically behavioral change, and what she saw is that when the stocks were really low – there were less uh, login attempts in people's accounts. So when the stocks were low, people were burying their heads in the sand. They didn't want to know, they didn't want to see, they were kind of like whatever. When the stock was high, there was, uh, you can see the kind of graphs correlating perfectly with low and high, unless there was a crash. Okay, so like when my, you, I was going
0: to say, it, it uh, sounds like my bank account. Right. <laughs> when it's slow, I don't, I don't want it. to look at it. I want to look at it. All the time, I'm in there all the time. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so, you know, unless it's very low or it's crashed or you've heard really, really bad news, like one of your family members got ill because they have 10% more body fat. Okay, that's just a really sort of general example. Uh, quite a basic one, actually, probably not the most appropriate one, but um, that's the example I've given, so I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> So what that means is when we berate ourselves negatively all the time, it's not doing anything. So you cycle back around, you do the wrong thing and then you, and then you try and beat yourself up about it. It's not doing anything. So if it did work, you wouldn't be beating yourself about it because the first time you did it would have worked and then we wouldn't be here. Okay. So, Beating ourselves up about things gives us a sense of control over the situation. Cause we're basically mm-hmm. conditioning ourselves to say, it doesn't matter if you mess it up again later, because I'm just going to beat myself up about it to gain control of the situation. And that's how I manage this whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's
2: one thing to take into consideration.
0: So that's what, neg- that's the root of negative self-talk is trying it to take control sense. of the situation. It makes
2: so yeah. much yeah. sense. Yeah.
1: It makes so much sense. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to control it. yeah. So you yes. get to self-talk and you're like, I got this and I'll do this and I'll do it. Wow.
2: Yeah. So what you should do instead is instill self-inquiry. So why did you binge eat? Why mm. did you smoke a cigarette? Why are you talking to yourself like this? And ask yourself all these questions. Now, one of the things that I teach, and again, I get berated about this all the time because if people say that I'm not distinguishing between addictions. Now, Obviously I'm not an addiction specialist. So we're talking about general habits that kind of, you know, pull us down like Mm -hmm. binge eating, like, you know, smoking, which is, you know, an addiction that we can manage to some extent. So what it is, is if you can create a space between the trigger and the response, so you get stressed And your automatic thing is to go to chocolate. I say that because that's my thing, okay? And I've had to work really hard at breaking that. Not that there's anything wrong with eating chocolate, but I personally don't want to eat that much chocolate every time I'm stressed. It's not a a crux that I want to lean on. So what I've started doing is using that trigger to then remind me to do something else that's positive. So what I started doing is the physiological sigh. Do you listen to Andrew Huberman at all? Yes, film? of course,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
2: So he talks about the, the physiological side all the time. So double inhale with a long exhale is the quickest way to bring your parasympathetic system—sorry, sympathetic system—back down to a parasympathetic state. Right. So you're now calm. So now the thing that I'm supposed to be doing that's negative, I actually use that as a cue to remind me to do something positive. Yeah. Now, if you do the negative thing anyway, like eat the chocolate, instead of beating yourself up about it, you can say, okay, do you know what? I did that, but that's fine. I'm now going to do the physiological sigh. Because then you're adding something onto that pattern and you're dismantling the way that the neurons fire. Because you're saying, okay, this th- trigger leads us to something positive in the end. So now we're reshaping it.
0: Brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant.
2: So no matter what, even
0: if you act upon the... the- so there's a trigger and you still act out in the behavior that you don't want to do. You should yeah. still go back and do the behavior that you do want to do because yeah. that's, as, that's the more we can fire that. Yeah. It's going to eventually start to create that neuroplasticity. Right.
2: Exactly, because eventually you'll also have that trigger, which is going to also remind you that you're going to do the negative thing, but it's also you're, you will remember that you also do the physiological style or you drink water, or you say something grateful. I don't know. Whatever your positive thing is, it's, you, you'll still be reminded of that. So then you mm-hmm. go, oh, okay, I've just thought about this particular thought that I'm not worthy, but Nicole said if I do the physiological sign, as something positive, now you're merging this trigger and the response as something that's positive.
1: I love it. Okay? This is 10 million
0: uses. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And
2: then yeah. they
0: say like the neur- neurons that fire together, wire together, right? That's uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so the thing is, I, I, I guess if you just sandwich them all together, eventually you're going to get that, the favorable one. What you want.
1: Yeah. All right. What else is and on neurons-
0: your brain? <laughs> Where to start? He's looking over at my list. I had so <laughs> well, many I was just going to say,
2: <laughs> n- neurons that fire apart, wire apart. So if you stop berating yourself, you will eventually stop using that as your negative loop that's in the background all the time to your life. Because I know people that, you know, walk around ruminating about themselves all of the time. All the time. But that can change, you know? Wow, that is so cool.
1: Just one thought at a time. And I love what you said about getting curious about why am I doing this thing? And, yeah. and, and again, back to 10 million uses. Like, let's just take an everyday average example. You're in the middle, you're having a killer morning and you and I have talked about this before. You're having a killer morning, you're doing your work out of the boat. All of a sudden, an email comes in and it freaking derails your day. It, yeah. It's like it's some some somebody had something to say, it didn't <laughs> jibe with what you wanted and now you're like my day is ruined. How do yeah. you how do you you know massage your way out of that situation from your standpoint?
2: Yeah, definitely for me would be like the physiological side. It's kind of like what I go to now. Um, Obviously, I get my days where, um, you know, today I was just like, I'm trying to get a mortgage and it's just, uh, anyway. And I was in that situation where I was like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> That's stressful. Stepping, yeah, stepping away from it a little bit as well can give us that distance so that we can come back to it with a less emotional brain. Because, um, so it was interesting because I was actually driving home and when we drive or when we walk, or when we run or when we cycle, the sort of imageries in our periphery are moving past us. It's called uh, forward undulation. You're moving forward into the world. What that means is that your eyes are actually doing this. You're not doing it on purpose. Like you're not actively doing that. But that lateral eye movement actually deactivates the amygdala. It's one of the reasons why EMDR therapy. Have you ever heard of EMDR therapy? I've done it, yes. Exactly. So, what it does is because that, so it's called the frontal parietal network that basically governs the movements of your eyes, is in competition with the amygdala. It's the same way that you can't concentrate when you're anxious and stressed. You tend to deactivate the amygdala when you're engaging in things that are more executive, like driving, like writing, like thinking about problems okay so they work in tandem
1: you're amazing <laughs> hold on how many people I love out there
2: right you both
1: are. <laughs> you're amazing how, how many
0: people out there <laughs> listening right now are like moving their eyes back and forth trying right. to calm down
2: <laughs> so giving yourself a little break just means that you can normally come back to it and i'm like okay the mortgage guy didn't send off my paperwork last month been six weeks but it's fine we're in madeira and we're living in the sun
0: (laughs) just physiological sigh and move your eyes back and forth and you're good
2: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love it wow one of my favorite guests we've had so far no disrespect Uh, to everybody else who's joined us but i this is is
0: unbelievable i'm taking so many little of the like these gold nuggets and i'm totally going to
1: apply them too. For me everything. it's solidifying yeah. mm. a path that I'm already on. That. Yes. That's what it is for me. It's solidifying a path that I'm already on where I'm challenging myself to say why do I do these things? Stop that. Break that habit. Start yeah. a new play. You know what I mean? This Absolutely. is what I love about this conversation. It's completely solidifying that. I want to ask: yeah. can, we go, can we talk about no? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just let's because go. I think we should spend a few minutes about this. We were on our Facebook Live just before we got ready to join you, Nicole, and we asked how many of the people that were watching along with us struggle with saying no because they feel guilty. And can you guess how many said they were?
2: Probably Everybody. everyone. everyone. Yeah. Everyone. I'm not Except surprised. For a couple. Yeah. I'm not surprised. So I've dug myself into a hole where I live on an island, so I can easily say no to people. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I'm That's I what we're going to do, The hell are we doing <laughs> No
0: islands in Arizona, sorry.
2: Well, you can create a moat around your house. I like that
0: idea. That's great. It's not a bad idea. Look, sorry, can't come out. Can't cross the moat.
1: <laughs> Although in the desert, that would be very expensive. It would be expensive. Yeah, yeah.
0: But probably something people would do in the desert. Yeah, because that's we true. we waste water like crazy out here. So.
2: I love it. I love it. All well, right, I'll so, begin by yeah. saying that I don't have any children, so it's easier for me to say no to people because I only have two dogs as my children. So um, that's that's one thing. That's I mean, saying no is, is a skill, firstly, you know, and I always get people to assess. So if you say no, what's going to happen? Because people catastrophize. So they'll go, oh, my God, if I do this, then they'll think I'm this. And then they went, you know, and we go down a rabbit hole. But really, firstly, if you say no to, say, your best friend, will they understand? Yeah. Probably? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And the thing is, the more I ask these questions, people are like, yeah, probably <laughs> because no one's really going to be that upset with you. And if they are, are they worthy of sort of being in your life? If they actually cause you an extra stress and forcing you to do things you don't want to.
0: Bingo. Yeah. it was funny. We just, we had this conversation, but it's, I'll be the first else to say, it's so much easier said than done. Now, this gentleman yeah. has done a ton of work <laughs> on saying no, and it works for him. And Fine. he can say no to someone, and they're like, oh, no, I, I totally understand. And he can say no and leave the whole engagement with both parties, like, totally great. And me, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a people pleaser. So it's like, I really struggle with it. Like you were saying, I ruminate what happens if they don't like me. What about, you know, what if, what yeah. if,
1: um, yeah, it's I mean, you've said that a number I, of times on our podcast. I, so. I do. Yeah. I do.
2: Yeah. And I mean, you know, when I, uh, I go through phases where my Instagram kind of like picks up and it, like the algorithm just goes a bit crazy and then it drops me down again. And in those times, I get a lot of requests. I get a lot of messages. I get people asking, like begging me, please, can I work with them? And in the beginning, I would feel really guilty that I would ignore these people. But, you know, I, I can't reply to everyone. I was so burnt out. I was like, is this life? <laughs> Yeah. Especially the first time it happened, because I was kind of like new to Instagram. I was like, "Oh my god, is this just what my life is going to be like now?" Like turning people down, or not replying, feeling guilty that I ignored them. And now, you know, sometimes I ignore some messages that I'm quite desperate, and I'm just, I just, I can't sort of bring that onto my own. You know, things platter because if my health isn't okay, then how can I expect to, you know, help anyone else? I also have an automated email. So I don't know if you received it, but it kind of says like, "Thank you so much." If you don't hear back from me, please assume that I'm ever so grateful, but I can't, um, That's so a that's a kind
1: of like. Do you? I have one set up on mine. Do you have yeah, one set up on yours? No, I need one.
2: Oh my god! Go yeah. Through,
1: yeah, go through Meta and you can set the whole thing up. So you when people what? hit you on the DMs, you're like, "Yeah, hey, I got it. Just want you to know, I'm, I'm gonna read it and I'll get to it when I can." If yeah. I yeah,
2: and it's so interesting because my partner he once messaged someone famous, I can't remember, and this person replies, yeah. <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, it was." <laughs> I can't remember who it was. It was probably one of you two. And he he said, and the the guy replied saying thanks, and he was like. Oh, okay, cool. And then I started getting a load of Instagram followers. And I was like, holy shit, I can't believe he even bothered to reply now that I know what it looks like on your end of the DMs. Right. <laughs> because he kind of felt like he deserved more than just a thanks. But then seeing it from my end, he was like, oh, I can't believe that he even bothered to accept the message and even say thanks. You know? Excellent. So. But, but
1: um, and, and let me say really quick, we're talking about social media specifically, but people slide into your DMs all day long when you're at work, they come and they bug you, they come to your desk, they ask you to do things, yeah. your, your kids ask you for things, your family members ask you for things, your friends ask you for things. So it's not just this literal sliding into your Instagram DMs. It's, people yeah. are sliding into our direct line of sight yeah. all day long.
0: I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Nicole, how yeah. do you manage that? Because you're brilliant. You have a lot of answers. You can help out a lot of people. So how do you deal with your circle coming to you? Because yeah. if you spent your whole life simply helping them, you wouldn't be able to help anybody else.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I would say one of the best ways to do this is rehearse the line that you're going to say. Um. Because when we're caught of guard, we're kind of like, Oh, uh, and then you revert to automatic, which is people-pleasing, right? Mm -hmm. So you haven't rehearsed that. So mental rehearsal is a really good way at being able to then... Put into practice what we've been thinking about. So, Taking if notes. you, <laughs> I'm totally, right.
0: I'm not being rude. I'm literally writing this <laughs> no, down
2: as a reminder so, to myself. Know, if, you, if you practice, your boss or your colleague or whoever you probably, I don't imagine you two have bosses, but um, or you, you're self-employed or do you have a boss? We we
1: are self-employed. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but someone's still sliding into your life asking for things. If you don't practice it, you'll probably be like, uh, uh, startled. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm like, why That's, did I say that? Ex-
0: That's exactly verbatim what I say. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah sure. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. And,
2: and, but if and then you I practice- turn around
0: and go, oh, man. What I say, man. <laughs> uh, and then and then my stress goes to the roof and yeah. I start, then I start ruminating and then I get upset with that person deep down yeah. because of the inconvenience. I dare even ask. <laughs> right. They didn't even, they didn't even know. So, they just asked for a favor. Know,
2: practicing a line like I really want to help you right now, but I'm really overwhelmed and I can't, but I'll definitely consider it for the future dates. I don't know, whatever the request is, you, you're going to have to sort of figure out what's going to be the most general kind of response to everyone and anyone, and then you can niche it down. So when you've that, you have something in your back pocket and you can go, look, that's my answer. You know, instead of kind of like off the cuff, because when we're on the spot, when we're off the cuff, we don't really think that clearly. Right. You normally revert to what you've always said. And if you've repeated saying, yes, yeah, sure. It's going to be very hard for you to try and come up with a different line right in the moment.
0: Right. To so, I love this. This is like down. This is like straight up tactics on the street. Tax tactics. I'm going to use this. I'm
1: going <laughs> so I've to- got three ways to
2: say no. You yes, can say no. Keep taking notes. No. Yep, Here we go. Yep this is just a joke. You can go, no, no. That's in Italian. And then fuck no.
0: I'll <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> go option. Option. No, or thank
2: you, but no. Well, yes. I mean that's what
1: people think, but like we're we're joking about it right now, Nicole and Chris. But that is what people think. They think that if I say no, like I'm just being an ass, I'm I'm being rude. Uh and then the other thing they think is like the if they they have to say no, an ugly way in order to get that person to, to respect their no.
2: But that's just not
1: true. It's It's
2: not true. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's hard. And you know, I've had arguments with people who say, oh, you shouldn't have to explain yourself. But I do think a little bit of an explanation is nice. My niece is hilarious. So she's three and she goes, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's what i do so every time i'm like sorry i can't <laughs> she doesn't <true>. say sorry <laughs> like, i just can't <laughs> <laughs> like you have to go shout like i can't <laughs> so maybe you could do something along those lines
0: oh, i'm with you I, I definitely a little a little explanation <laughs> to show a sign of respect so instead of yeah. no hey look let me just give you a quick glimpse into what's going on in my life i love you yeah. you know that i i really want to help i just not right now you know that. Yeah. A little explanation goes a long
1: well, way. Well, I think if we have a call to action from today's podcast, it's rehearse your line mm-hmm. for no. That's it. That's That's our call to action today is to rehearse your line for no. What is that going to mean for you? And what I, and I say it every week and I'll say it again. I encourage people to be brutally honest. And that's the step that we leave out sometimes. Like if you're really overwhelmed, don't be afraid to say that to somebody. If you're like really just at your wits end, just don't be afraid to say that to somebody. And going back to what you both said, if that person gives you crap for it, they're not the right person. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah,
2: because then ultimately, would you want to work with them anyway? Like having given that response. If someone's not going to respect your boundaries, it's kind of like, you know. Yeah.
0: Right. You're just going to guilt. Oh, I love it. this yeah. It's very
2: really funny. You, you mentioned that today. Actually, I was complaining about this today to my partner because I have that automated email. So I'll get an email saying, hi, we'd love to work with you. And then it, it replies the automated email saying, thank you so much. But if you, if you don't hear from me, just assume that I'm grateful, but I can't. Um, And then they sort of messaged again. So then I replied, saying, I'm really sorry for the delay. At this moment in time, I can't. (laughs) And then they replied, saying, um, thank you for your response, but we really do believe that this is a great opportunity. And I'm like, I do not think you're hearing me. I said, no, wow. <laughs> Which, that I find, so then that makes me not want to work with them. Cause I'm like, okay, you're not respecting the fact that I've just told you that I already have a PR team that I've already got stuff going on. And quite frankly, my main priority right now is the book. So I don't really care about anything else. Uh, and right. they just, yeah, just, <sighs> so no. Yeah,
1: that's so fascinating because there is that fine line between persistence Right. Yep. And then just be like completely disrespecting somebody's boundaries. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a clear sign that you don't want to work with them though. Because yeah, right. imagine when you if you actually have a relationship with them yeah. like a partnership, they are going to be they're just gonna bulldoze you. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Force yeah. their agenda. All right, any more questions or can we have a little fun with music? Well, let's have Nicole, you ready to have a little bit of fun?
1: Oh, okay, okay. Well, all, let's right, all right, we've got a little game. It's called Name That Tune. Uh, okay. it's, it's because music is one of our favorite things, and it sounds like it's one of your favorite things too. Uh, if I love we it. were, if we were to ask you a question like, which has been your favorite concert you've ever attended, or what's the last album that you downloaded on one of your streaming platforms, what would our answers look like for you, Nicole?
2: Um, okay, so last concert I went to, oh, I went to a concert. Um, the girls were Larkin Poe. I don't know if you've heard of them, not nice. blues band. Oh my god, I was like this the whole time. They were amazing. Okay. So they're two sisters, and one of them like just jamming on the like you know electric guitar, and the other one's singing. They're just amazing. I was literally like, Lock and wow. Poe. Wow. Okay. We'll yeah. Lock and to... Poe. So are they're from, they're Nashville. from oh, Nashville. Oh Nashville. They are from Nashville. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Yeah. I know what Chris has planned for you, but uh, here is here is song number one for you hey. on Name That Tune. You only get the opening cool. like five seconds so
2: oh god okay
0: here we go i do know that you like country i wouldn't even say this is necessarily in the genre of country but it's 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 kind of towing the line okay we'll put it that way okay, right? here, okay here we go i do know right, i like it do you know it no should I keep going
2: well, yeah.
1: No, okay. hold on, stop. You can actually stop. I think it uh, is, is like it Shania Twain. It's not Shania Twain. It's a newer guy. It's a it's a it's not Florida Georgia line. Is it Jason Aldean? No, it is Florida Georgia line. It is Florida yes, Georgia line. It is Florida Georgia line, yes. Keep playing the song. I know she said she doesn't know Florida Georgia line.
2: Oh, they no, haven't no. crossed the
1: pond yet. I guess not. It's a. What? This is how we roll.
2: Oh, this is how okay. we roll. Oh, um, yeah. Oh. Well, I don't need to hear it now. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: we'll check out Lock and Poe. You can check out Florida Georgia Line. Yes. I will
2: absolutely. All, All right,
1: I am gonna switch gears for my song for you, Nicole, and I'm gonna go 2000s high energy hip hop.
2: Okay. You're ready? Are you ready, Chris? I'm Pop? ready. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Go.
1: Here's the opening line to the song. Goes like this. Working,
2: Kanye West stronger. Kanye
1: West and stronger
2: <laughs> Yes
1: She did Look it Look at her
2: I need you right
1: now <laughs> She's jamming up <laughs>
2: Nice This is fun Can we do one more? Do we have uh, one
1: more? Alright I got okay, one okay, more okay. I got, well, you I got nice one You want to do one? Oh yeah you go, okay, you
2: go
1: I got one more Here we go la La la,
2: la. Lala, um, Lady Gaga. And? Bad Romance?
0: Yes. No. Oh, oh. None? Ma, 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 ma. It's um Poker, poker yes! Face. Poker yes! Face. Well, I get told that I
2: look like her. I was about you to do? say that.
0: Yes! I just totally thought, as soon as you started playing, I was like, oh my gosh, you yes. do look like Lady Gaga. I've met her. Stephanie uh, Germanata. That's her. That's, yeah. no, that's her yep, real name. Stephanie Germanata. That's oh, right.
2: She's like my absolute goals. I love her.
0: She's she Italian. Knows. Yeah. She, yeah 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 she's italian i knew yeah. yeah um yeah it's it's crazy you and her look very very much alike I you think
2: she'd be like my long
1: lost twin who knows yeah uh, your skin is a little darker <laughs> than hers and yeah. um so it would but but yes from a facial feature standpoint and like your cheeks your chin yeah you, you're you right yeah that. you guys are sisters in fact Let's declare it right now. Nicole and Gaga are related.
0: In fact, we've got her on the other line. Let's go ahead and bring her in. Nicole, we got a surprise for you. <laughs>
2: wow, this is the best day.
0: You need to have a conversation with your parents. Amazing.
1: Well, listen, you need to have guys, a
2: conversation with Gaga. <laughs> there it is.
1: That's true. Rewire is going to be out in May of 2024. We'll make sure to get real loud about it. Maybe we even Thank have you, you back next summer when I when would the love gets out. it.
2: You said I was the most interesting guest and I must say this is actually the most fun podcast I've ever been on. So yeah, yeah, I would love to come back
0: if you'll have me. We strive for that. I'm so glad. Nicole, thank you so much. I mean, such incredible information. So many good takeaways for our people. Practice saying no, everybody listening, practice your lines, rehearse them because I'm going to be rehearsing (laughs) mine. You're really good at yours, but we can all rehearse a little bit more. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I love it. Nicole, thanks again.
2: Put an automated email. I love it. Yes. Brian, all right.
1: Listen. Good. Good luck on your mortgage. Good luck on uh, finishing <laughs> the book, and, and then, of course, the tour, which is going oh, to be very demanding on your time. But um, that's yeah. all right. That's what you're doing. Hopefully, we
2: see you in real person in May next year.
1: Looking that, forward that'd to that. Would be amazing. All right. All, right. all right. Take Nicole, care. Thank, thank you so much for much.
2: having me. Of course. Have <laughs> Take a care. great
1: evening. Bye bye. Oh, that's so great. She was just tremendous. She was awesome. Yeah. I love getting that kind of information yeah. from people. Real takeaways. Real that's, takeaways. Yeah, that's so. Let's go, man. What does your no line look like? What does it sound like?
0: Um. Well, that's that's what I definitely. Hey, Chris. I mean, uh, to,
1: could you come over to the house tonight? Because uh, are oh, oh, you getting a phone call? Oh, it's oh, my son. Awesome. You want to take it quick? <laughs> um. If you. No, go ahead. Okay? Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Chris is going to take a quick phone call from his son, and then we'll pick this thing back up. Absolutely. What's up,
0: buddy? Hey,
1: are you at a meeting right
0: now? We're in a podcast.
1: Oh,
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, say, say hi to Matthew. Hey, really what's quick. up,
1: buddy? Hi, uh, Matthew. Hey, we've got a couple of minutes. We're just recording, so if you guys need to chat, go for it, okay? Are you, All right.
0: You, no, you, it's fine. I, I can ask later. Okay, I'll just call you as soon as I'm done here. Oh, are you, I would love to. I'd love to. Get, dude, give me, give me 10 minutes. Give me 10 minutes and I can jump on. All right. Love you, buddy.
1: Bye. See? I'm so glad we took the phone call. <laughs> this kid was like, can you play Fortnite with me, dad? <laughs> and I'm like, and
0: I, I, I literally look to you like you're my dad. Yeah. And, and Matthew's like, 10 minutes. I was like, okay, I'll do it in 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> we'll wrap this sucker up, man. Listen, guys, we got to go. Chris has got to go play Yo, Fortnite with this kid. I got, I got
0: priorities. <laughs> That is the priority. I was going to say we could edit that out, but no, if you want real life, there
1: you go. There it is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so we're on
1: it. And 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 you didn't do a very good job of saying no to cash. Just want to point that out. <laughs>
0: I, did, I did not. I did not. I didn't I didn't do a job saying
1: You're right. The the universe handed you an opportunity to say no, and you you just said screw that. It's
0: hard. It's hard. That's my little dude, you know. Of course. Yes. I'm just giving (laughs) you a crap, man. (laughs) And and when you know how it is when your son's like, Dad, join me in doing this. It's like, oh man, Mm. you can't say no. Why would you want to? No. In fact. It's those times that we actually have some of our, some of our best talks. I believe it. Yeah, because we're like squatting up and we're like, you know, teaming up against other people. So it's like the camaraderie is awesome.
1: Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. I needed that. What a fantastic <sighs> podcast today. I needed that too. That Think faster. Decide quicker. Mm-hmm. Feel better. Long lasting. Positive change. Yeah. Calming yourself down Practicing that no response Incredible conversation today with Nicole Vanilla
0: Building those boundaries Moving for brain health Resistance training So you can you can have it be sharp as a tack Into your 70s, 80s, and 90s I mean, wow Amazing Yeah Good All stuff.
1: Right. Well, everybody have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening to our, I needed that podcast. A reminder, we'd love your five-star review and, or just your review. If that's something that you could do. And if you want to reach out to us on Instagram, we are there at the, I needed that podcast handle. We are also available on the, I needed that handle on YouTube now, which uh, is where we're streaming some of these episodes every Monday morning. Yeah. We got, a, we got a lot going on, man. We a lot going on. And it's only getting bigger. All right. Let's go. Have a great rest of your week, everybody.
0: See you, Chris. See you. Fun fact. I was the first Lululemon ambassador here in the state of Arizona in like circa 2005, 2006.
1: How cool is this then that Lulu is back in your life again?
0: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. because Guys, I'm so excited to tell you about this Lululemon 10K tour. It's coming to Scottsdale and we're going to be running it
1: with you. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we were just promoting the 10k. I don't know that I'm (laughs) ready to run
0: this thing, bro. Relax, bro. Relax. You and everybody listening totally has this because new for 2023 is this 10k tour training program, which you can use, Matthew. And I can use it and anybody else, which will be hosted on the Lululemon Studio app. The date is November 12th and the course is unreal. Now, if you can't join us, you can participate virtually wherever you live. Plus, your participation will activate a donation to the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Visit lululemon10ktour.com to sign up today. It's it's a mouthful. Lululemon10, then the letter K, Tour. Com to sign up today.
1: Yeah, go sign up now, either virtually or in person, and you can run with us November 12th for the Lululemon 10K Tour in Scottsdale, guys. You'll get a Lululemon participant shirt, a finisher medal, an exclusive 10K training program, and all of the amazing pre- and post-race amenities, including yoga, meditation, even a post-race treat. Go to
0: Lululemon. 10ktour.com that's Lululemon the number 10 10ktour.com to sign up right now with a group of friends.